Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. Tonight, I will be reading from the book, Imagine Heaven by John Burke, forward by Don Piper. Near-death experiences and the exhilarating future that awaits you. Let's get started. We will start with, will you reflect the glory of God? Jesus reiterates this idea that we will reflect God's glory in heaven. Then the righteousness will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? What is the way to the abode of light? And God tells Job, the wicked are denied their light. It is fascinating that thousands around the world who have these near-death experiences report seeing spiritual bodies that are somewhat translucent, but may shine with the light that comes from within. Different people seem to have different luminosities. Kenneth Ring asked Vicki, the blind woman, was there a brightness associated with Jesus? Vicki responded, much more than anybody there. He was the brightest of anybody there at all. But it was incredibly beautiful and warm. It was very intense. I know I couldn't have stood it if I were my ordinary self. Notice Vicky distinguishes different brightnesses with Jesus being the brightest, most glorious. We marvel at celebrities, glorious dresses on the red carpet, and the glory of buffed bodies on TV. Imagine sharing in God's glory. Maybe the more open and available you are now to allow God's spirit to work in and through you despite the suffering it requires, the more God's glory shines through you in heaven. Apparently, we will have the ability to wear different clothes, whatever feels comfortable, but what an honor to be clothed in God's glory, a light that feels like love and life. That must be what Paul meant when he encouraged us to become children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky, and he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Philippians 2.15 But for some of us, it still feels a bit scary. Translucent, shining with light. What will it feel like? Will I actually be myself? That's critical to understand. You haven't fully been yourself yet. As one near-death experiencer put it, you'll be shocked to find the first person you meet in heaven will be you. You'll be yourself finally. Crystal struggled with God, struggled with her identity, struggled with shame, and for good reason. The sexual abuse had started at age three at a babysitter's house. At five, it happened again in the home of a different babysitter, but Crystal didn't tell her mother about the molestation because she wanted to shield her from more pain and suffering. Crystal knew her mom had endured one divorce, and now after marrying Hank, things even got worse. Hank had anger issues, was always drunk, and became physically abusive to Crystal's mom. One night, while trying to scare her mom, 
Hank threatened to kill little Crystal. Pointing a shotgun at Crystal's head while she slept, he pulled the trigger. He barely missed. By age six, Crystal had watched two marriages fall apart and endured horrific sexual abuse. Her mom started partying each week upstairs in the home of friends, while downstairs, Crystal and her brother were left alone. For five straight years, Crystal was sexually abused during these weekly escapades. While it didn't happen every time, she remembers it happened a lot. She didn't tell a single person the shame and the dirtiness and the brokenness that I felt became my identity, she says. That shame-based identity clung to Crystal like wet, smelly clothes. For years, she acted out a false identity until the age of 33 when she died. Crystal went to the hospital for pancreatitis and due to the complications, she coded. During a nine-minute span, she left her body and went to heaven where she stood before God. Crystal says the experience profoundly transformed her to the very core of her being, yet she kept the story to herself, afraid she would be seen as a crazy, judged, shunned, or even fired from her job as a teacher. Although God had clearly instructed Crystal to tell others what she remembered from her near-death experience, she still hesitated. Crystal questioned why God had chosen her. Although she had grown up in the heart of the Bible Belt, been baptized, and attended church regularly in her youth, after all that happened to her, she turned far from God and claimed she broke every one of the Ten Commandments. All ten, she emphasizes. Again and again, she challenged God to prove his existence, and when he did, she constructed a new obstacle or challenge for him to overcome, she explains. I saw the hardships in my life as evidence that God had no interest in protecting me from harm. Crystal questioned and cursed God. She was determined to cut him out of her life. That day in the hospital, Crystal's lips started turning blue. Her mom called the nurse and the nurse called for code blue. Not everyone goes through a tunnel when they die clinically. Some just wake up in a new world, and that was Crystal's experience. Oh, God, let that be me too. Please, 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 when it's time. After she told her mother she loved her, closed her eyes, and drifted off, Crystal awoke to find herself in heaven with God. The first thing I remember becoming aware of was that I was still me. And I was still the me who had just told my mother that I loved her and died. And I was very aware of the fact that I had just died. But I also was the me that had existed from the moment that God created me. Unlike on earth where I was plagued by doubts and fears, in heaven... There was nothing but absolute certainty about who I was. Crystal felt infused with a complete and total self-understanding and self-knowledge. All the baggage and the abuses that had muddied her identity on earth instantly evaporated 
revealing for the first time her true essential self. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, God says in Jeremiah 1.5. And now, says Crystal, I knew myself. Imagine that the first person we meet in heaven is ourselves. Uniquely you. Who defines who you are? This is such a critical question, but so few of us have really stopped to answer it. Who has the right to define who you are? What's your worth? What's your purpose is? Whether you succeed or fail? How you define your identity is ultra important. What you believe about yourself is what shapes all your decisions and actions. Most of us end up believing things about our identity that are not grounded in God's reality. Who God created us to be, what God created us to do. We believe lies about our identity that the evils of this world inflict on us. We constantly worry about other opinions or approval from others. I'm going to stop there for a second. I used to worry about what people thought about me and it really really bothered me but as you go through life it doesn't matter what you do people are always going to talk about you they're always going to have something to say just do you and be proud of what you're doing if people don't believe you, that's okay. You just go on and you smile because you're doing everything unto the Lord. The Lord loves you. He has a plan for you. He has gifts for you. And you don't need to ever worry about the opinions or approval of others. Because if you do, you're not going to get anywhere in life. I learned that a long time ago. When you're hurt so much because you're worrying about the opinions or the approvals of others, wait till you don't care anymore. <laughs> it is freedom. I'm telling you it's freedom. It's wonderful. And it's the only person you need to worry about is God. And if he approves, that is it. Love yourself for who you are. Don't conform yourself to anyone, anyone for any reason. I was listening to a program and a girl literally got boob implants, a facelift, and dyed her hair because that's what her boyfriend wanted. And I'm thinking, why don't you go find a brunette that has boobs? I mean, why? If you have to do all of that to make somebody happy, you're not loving yourself. And that person is not worth it. I mean, ugh. that poor girl that was telling her story, the girls that were sitting around, her, their jaws just dropped open as mine. Please love yourself enough and don't worry about what other people think. We experience intense anxiety when we're not succeeding or not recognized for our accomplishments. We feel sick inside when the stock market drops or we don't get promoted. We find ourselves lowering our standards to new levels, then justifying it in order to prove our worth 
or get someone to love us. We feel the need to control our spouse or our kids because our identity has somehow gotten wrapped up in what others think or do. When we base our worth or identity on what we do or what was done to us, we will struggle with fear of failure, fear the need to prove ourselves or manipulate others who get in the way of our success. We will become self-consumed. That's because God never created us to get our identity from what we do or what others did to us, but from who we are to God. Van Lommel notes that many near-death experience survivors he's interviewed attach less importance on acquiring status, power, and material things like expensive cars or big houses after a near-death experience. We often try to perform, accomplish, or gain notoriety to make a name for ourselves. What we will see in heaven is that life is not about all of that. And it's not, and you can't take it with you. If you have a chance to give somebody something and make them happy today or tomorrow, do it. And nothing in your possession ever should be more important than anyone, 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 anybody. You should be able to give it away freely and it not bother you. When I tell you, I have given my last dollar away. I truly have given my last dollar away and it never bothers me. When I tell you that I would give anything in my house away if somebody asked me for it, even my couch and I wouldn't have anything to sit on, I would give them my couch. I learned that from my mom. My mom is the most giving loving person ever. She literally gave everything away. Everything. She's still living. So we go, um, you know, my dad just passed, as I told you. I had to take her to the um, hair salon to get her hair done. And I got mine cut too. So this is what my mom does. Uh, the cost was $60 for both of us. So what kind of a tip does my mom leave? $60. She left $120. I think it's too much. I really do, but I've learned my lesson because I've noticed her do this before and she will look at me and say, it's none of your business and it's not your money. And anyway, who am I? If God is telling her to do that, she needs to do it. I don't even question her anymore. I don't care if she laid down a thousand dollars as a tip. I I never questioned her anymore because I remember once when I was a waitress, single parent, working three jobs, and there I said when I went to work and it was always slow, the tips were crappy, and that's the first time I'd ever waitress too, but I said, God, I really need some money tonight. <laughs> I gotta get my bills paid. This guy came in, and he had a huge party, 8, 10 people, 12, I don't even remember. It was a lot. But after 8, they had, you know, gratuity, 18%. And the bill was high because they were really partying. He leaves an extra 70-some dollar tip. And I looked at that, and I thought, I bet he does not realize that there's already 18% 
added on to the bill. So I went over to him and I said, hey, did you mean to leave this $70? Because here is the line for the gratuity that they added. He said, no, I saw that. I cried in front of him because I just did. I'm like, God, you never, ever let me down. Ever. Ever. So I always think of that because when you see people giving and giving and giving, never question it and never say a word. And my mom taught me that. It's none of your business. It's not your money. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, but mom, you don't have it. She's like, you don't know what I have. And I'm like, Okay, mom. <laughs> and she always paid her ties. So um, she was always taken care of. Um, I lost my whole train of thought. So anyway, I am going to wrap up there. And the next thing that we will talk about in heaven is uniquely loved. So thank you for joining me. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.